0: This is Adam Leonard, and I welcome you to the Soul Growth Podcast, where you come to nourish your mind, body, and soul. Let's take a deep dive together into the depths of human experience to break free from limitations, unleash hidden potential, and grow into the greatest version of yourself, so you can live your
1: best life. Welcome to episode five.
0: Now, this is my second interview. In fact, I'm actually really excited about this one. And it's an interview with the amazing Ross Rolf. Now, this is a chap that I have followed his journey. We are fellow coaches that trained on the same platform as each other. And it's been amazing to watch this guy grow. He's had a a wonderful energy the whole time that i've connected with him and i'm not going to chat too much about uh you know boosting him up or anything like that i just really want you to get to know him in a nice organic way and i'll be honest with you the audience that we've chatted before here and we actually decided even though we've chatted before that we're just going to get on and we're just going to talk and see where it goes because Those are the kind of interviews that we love. And that's the way that we like to be. So I'm just going to introduce Ross.
2: Say hello. Hello, Adam. Thanks for having me on the show. And, um, I'm genuinely really honored to be on here in a part of your journey, especially this early on in your journey. Um, as you know, I've listened to all your podcasts up till now. I've, I've been kind of a number one fan from the start, so for me to come on here and get to share this time with you. It's amazing. So so for the listeners, just so you're going to get a bit of a feel who, who I am really. So uh, as Adam said, my name's Ross. So I'm an internationally accredited breakup and divorce coach. So I work with people all over the world who feel a lack of self esteem, um, lack of confidence and help them transform their mindset and rebuild their lives. Often after divorces, separations, and people split finances, et cetera, people are in that rock-bottom place, and I'm basically there to try and help pick them up, get them back on that road to recovery and healing.
0: Yeah, and being someone here that's being a bit more vulnerable myself, I've been through a divorce. I know what that feels like. And my guess here is that you have empathy with that journey yourself as well. I don't actually know this information. I'm just going to make a, a bit of a guess there. But, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I do, I'll, I'll share with you a bit bit of my story to give a bit of insight into how I came to be here, because this isn't a job that you go to a careers fair and end up doing. Um, it it becomes a part of you from your own experiences and what, and what you've gone through. Um, so to give you an idea of my journey, so growing up, one of my poor memories when I was in year three at school you know it's the uh, them early really kind of impactive years was when my parents told me they were breaking up and I remember being told and not really understanding what that meant and then obviously going to school and having that kind of breakdown about it um and it's only when I look back now i would really realise how impacted that was in my life um I lived with my mum um growing up after that point and we didn't really have much money or anything really um, although we wouldn't go without you know my my mum and um, stepdad would do whatever they needed to do to ensure we had a good life um, but you know we, we always kind of missed out on something so if you're having these kind of school trips where you know everyone's going abroad I'd always be the one who had to stay you know so um, they're kind of some of them early memories I, I was lucky in that You know both my parents were they're they're both around um you know one of them didn't completely leave or anything like that um but my main support network really at that age was my, my siblings um so i had two brothers and a sister at the time um and i always kind of felt though that that divorce was like a real big change that kind of changed the course of of my life um even back then I felt that, but I never really, you know, had the, the, the mindset to really delve in and work out why that, why that was. I always felt I was kind of behind other people who had their parents together and, you know, everything was working out for them. They were getting to do the, the holidays to America and that, whereas, you know, we'd be going to somewhere quiet in the UK if we're lucky, you know, so, um, that was kind of the, the early years. Now, what one of the things when I was going through all that was basically one kind of constant thing i had was basically playing games with with my siblings um so me, i mean my my two brothers mainly um but it would be all of us but we would basically that would be our kind of like an escapism really it you know you go you play you go into a, like a portal to another dimension to play these games and suddenly all your real world issues are kind of gone while you're there they're gone because you in your mind, you've completely shifted. You've gone somewhere else. Um, you know, quite often when you're in a, you're really getting into a game, all this stuff around you, it's almost like it, like that. It disappears. And actually you're in the game and you, you almost don't realize that that, that happens. Um, so I kind of had that going on. Now, when I got to my kind of teenage years, um, that was when I first started learning kind of how determined I am as a person. Um, I'm very, I'm very determined. Like, I, I won't give up easily. And that kind of started in my 18s when I started doing skateboarding. Um, and I think that was is when, I mean, I, I don't know, have you ever done skateboarding yourself?
0: You know what? I, I went on a holiday, first big holiday of my, um, when we went to Miami, right? And I was like seven years old, I think at the time. And My cousin out there, like typical Miami dude, I thought he was cool, you know, uh, he was into skateboarding and I thought, I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to, I was useless at it, right? I was absolutely useless, but I gave it a go. And when I came back, I tried doing a bit of skateboarding, but I just didn't keep it up. I didn't, you know, I kept going for a couple of weeks. It was almost like you got that, that buzz after the holiday of I'm going to keep that cool feeling going on i feel like i want to be you know i was, I was kind of impressed by going to a, another country for the first time so that's my experience of skateboarding which is very little so no i'm by no means a skateboarder
2: but in what you've said you you hit the nail on the head of what i, I was going to mention about this in that basically that taught me my determination and consistency so when you first start skateboarding, it's extremely hard. So you might watch these videos and you just sit, you know, you see people doing all these tricks and you're like, oh, that looks really cool. I want to learn to do that. Then you have that realization at first that you can barely even stand on the board. You have no balance. You know, if you go down a curb, you fall off and you fall off a lot. And it's, it's almost similar to like when you walk as a kid, apart from you're older now. So obviously kids don't just give up and go, oh, actually I will keep falling over. I'm not going to learn to walk. They keep trying and trying and trying and then they learn to walk skateboard similar in that the only difference is you're a bit older and you fall and it hurts but that kind of taught me that you get knocked down but you get up again mm-hmm. and you get up again and over over time i actually got really really good and i've even got a trophy from a tournament but that was wow. my one of my first things that really taught me that don't give up yeah and that was that was one of the, the early things now while i was at school um that kind of carried on and then towards the end of school i I ended up starting a band at school with with my best friends um and that and skateboarding was kind of a bit of a split focus really between the two um however with the the music i mean i i've always felt music's got got a real power to kind of it it can really hit you in those emotions really early on and you can you, know, you can put yourself somewhere else you know sometimes you hear a bit of song and straight away you've got that memory of something that's happened mm-hmm. um so i've always really enjoyed my music but although i can play instruments yeah you know, i play piano i play guitar I, I can sing i'm I'm by no means like exceptionally good or anything like that i mean i, I always felt a bit kind of inferior to my friends because they were they were so focused on just that just the music that they become really really good whereas i was splitting i was trying to be this exceptionally good skateboarder and i was trying to be really good at the music as well so it never quite never quite gelled um and then when it comes to time to get a university i just decided to leave the band um, mainly because i just felt i wasn't quite good enough i didn't feel i was quite good enough to be with them i didn't really feel like I, i deserved it um and i felt like i was holding them back which did actually work because they ended up getting signed they got a new frontman they got signed with emi had lots of success you know toured the world with elbow stuff like that <laughs> met johnny that all these amazing things they did wow. um and i always felt like actually like but that wasn't meant that wasn't meant to be my story you know that wasn't part of, of me but i felt like you know stepping away actually it gave them that opportunity um and then as i went to uni like skateboarding and stuff drops off as it does when you get older you know the, I'd got to that stage where you know in skateboarding you do like stair sets for example because I'd got really good the stair sets are getting really big so when you hurt yourself now it's getting really serious and by that you know that point I'm like 18 19 it really really hurts when when you get hurt so that kind of um that kind of left and then it, I kind of still kept the music going with like uni bands and stuff like that so I still have that passion for um music going and then it was while i was at uni i actually met my my ex-wife now and mo- mother of my children um so we had ma- many happy years together um and during that time i went through various jobs um and eventually got into the police um and that, the, and the reasons for wanting to join the police was basically i had that kind of i suppose it's quite it's to sound quite generic but that need of wanting to help people and feel like i've really made an impact on making the world a better place um and that felt like a kind of tangible way to do it and i did that for a number of years um before really the the tra the trauma of it all started to take its toll um i didn't really realize at the time but my mental health wasn't very good at all really um i become extremely self-critical and negative um and i basically would always start seeing the worst in things so um if, if i was going to go somewhere rather than thinking about the fact that i'd have a good time i'd be thinking about the fact that you know something might happen or i had been there before and seen these other things that would that, that had happened that weren't good so i think what what kind of happened is i actually had lost that kind of positive childhood energy and i'd moved into what i, I refer to as like a negative energy so I was putting all the thoughts out into the world of what I don't want to happen as opposed to what I did want to happen, and of course, naturally, what happened over time is I'm just attracting more and more negative things um into my life that I didn't want instead of what I did want, and that's kind of what I got um and f- throughout the early days of our marriage, we had a few miscarriages and stuff like that, so there was kind of all these things going on that were just chip chip chipping away. um We eventually were lucky enough to have um two children together um but my mindset was kind of really poor by the time we had leo my second um that i'd kind of convinced myself that i weren't really good enough to be around him i felt like i was a bad influence um despite never having actually done anything wrong you know um but i'd convinced myself i wasn't enough i wasn't good enough um and i thought i wasn't good enough for their mother and basically just hit the self-destruct button i'd say um i ended up moving out the family home um, and memo, I've separated um and if I look back at it now I didn't really handle it very well at all um and I kind of feel like I never really then understood you know how to be reflective and look back at things properly um and you know I never really tried to deal with the root cause of my issues but I lost my kind of sense of identity my self-esteem confidence was like extremely diminished um, and I, and this kind of downward spiral just kind of carried on and on and on until I hit rock bottom really. Um, and people at work by that point um, expressed concerns to like my supervisor about my welfare. Um, and I got I got to a stage where I basically just felt I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and through, through not living at the family home, I was paying for myself to live. I was having to pay for the house for my kids to live. So I ended up accumulating a load of debt, and I I felt like I'd lost everything really. Um, I didn't feel like I was ever gonna be any better. Um, and by this point, I'd even got a new partner by this point, but I'd even convinced myself that she wasn't enough, you know. Yeah. Um, and I i got that stage where I was like, I'm just gonna drag her down with me. Um, and then by this point, you know, it's, it's been inspiring and on, we're go- going on for years now, and then I I'd it got to the point where I'm having these daily thoughts of suicide. Um and it got to a point where i took time off work and and it was kind of a this is it i either i either sort myself out or you know that, that's it it's game over um and then when i was having a particularly bad day i stumbled across a video by tony robbins um and basically it hit me like a train i basically realized that i was totally responsible for my current situation and how i felt i realized that. I was able to choose how I felt and how I reacted to my feelings and could actually choose how I would feel. Um, I realized for the first time in my life that actually, and certainly in that last year or so at that point, I'd been playing the victim to life. You know, I thought life was happening against me. This has happened against me. This has happened against me. Whereas now I'm I know that life is happening for me. You know, but it, it was a total shift. Anything that went wrong, it was oh, you know, that's that's because of me. It's just, I don't have any luck, uh, you know. And you're actually just reaffirming these negative thoughts to yourself. I mean, I, I had no idea on the power of words back then, and you know, I didn't do any positive affirmations, nothing like that. So I was on this downward spiral. But then when I've seen this video, I was suddenly like, okay, that's that's really hit me hard. um and I basically decided there and then that I was going to totally change my life, my life and Be that father to my children that I wanted to be. Um, I basically focused everything I had at that point on just learning how to take back control, take back control of my mind rather than, you know, I'd almost got to that point where I convinced myself that there was this voice in my head and it was stronger than me and making me not be the person I want to be. And it, I'd suddenly realized I was like, that voice, that's, that's me, that's the inner me because it knows I'm not in alignment with where I'm meant to be. Um, so I started learning these techniques I started regulating my emotions and slowly but surely started becoming more of who I used to be in a way when I was you know happier before things started going wrong but also just becoming this newer version of me um and you know like at first it was really difficult because my 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 family over the years like where I'd been so negative about things when I suddenly started being like positive you know oh well actually that's really good we can do this they almost didn't recognize me you know so they were almost like kind of like oh well you're you know you'll you'll be back to being negative next week and it i realized now that was actually coming from like a place of love because i think they were generally probably so worried about where i you know how low i'd got i think they were worried that if if this went wrong where would i go so it's almost like a you know a trying to hold me back from any form of change out of fear of 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 me coming to any more pain um but me being me and as i said about my kind of determination consistency early doors i was like no that like i'm i'm all in on this i i am changing my life um and 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 actually like a, a funny little bit about this was actually at the time when this happened obviously i've been doing my music and band and stuff um I'd, I'd actually had a small record contract, actually, with another band by this point. That's another bit aside, but um, I had long hair, so I, I was, you know, the listeners can't see me now, but I'm completely bold, but when when I'd, when I this all hit me and, and I was going through these stages and going through it, in the, in the kind of early stage of it, I was like, I need this kind of dramatic change that I'm fully committed, I'm going down this route, and um, at the time where I'd you know where i've been low and my hair was quite long it was just it just looked a mess all the time and i was like do you know what? i'm just i'm literally just gonna shave it off and m- my my partner actually had this real shock one day because she she'd got, literally just gone to the shops and i was like i'm just gonna do it and i literally shave, i should come back and she literally just couldn't believe like couldn't believe because i looked totally wow. different um but that was it was almost like a thing to myself to go i'm all in you know I, i'm all i'm all in on this i'm not i'm not giving up this is, I, i'm this is my new life. This is how I'm going to be in control of it now. Um, and you know, and so, since I did that, it my my, my mindset's kind of grown exceptionally. Um, I've gone from being in, in that super super low place to actually now I look at everything totally different. I I know how to completely change my perspective on on situations. I know how to reframe it to being somewhat positive, even when it when it's not. And you know, when I look. When I look back through life as well, I've I've had so many examples of when, you know, something happens and at the time you think it's like the worst thing ever. Oh my god I can't believe this has happened to me. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And then, you know, a few months down the line, something else happens. And you're like, oh, that was lucky. That was lucky I didn't get that because of this. And I I had that like with a house I was buying once. And you know, I really, really wanted it. And then literally two weeks before we were going to get it, it all fell through. Worst thing ever. But actually, it was an era I didn't really want to live. But mm. i was just kind of going along with it and then further down the line we randomly had a person knock on our door and they actually bought bought a house for more money than what we were selling it from and it meant we could move to where we did want to move you know so you have these kind of things i think you know sometimes you fall off the kind of track of of where you're meant to be going in life but you get given the signs that sometimes you're just not quite in tune enough with with them and certainly if you're not in that um right mindset really um and you know, I mean, obviously, as I say, I, lo- I love your podcast, and you know, soul, soul growth is is massively important. And and one of the things I'd say, like, with the traumas I went to, obviously through doing what what I was doing for for work and that, I, I you know, I've gone to, but well, if I go right back, I remember the first my first time I'd ever seeing a dead body, you know, mm. um, which was which was my granddad, and since then it, I, I've had to go to loads of suicides and things like that. So I've I've seen bodies many a time now. Um, and what I realized quite early with them is, is it really showed me that the body's a vessel. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we aren't, we aren't the body. We it's, it's just a, it's a body. It's something we use to get about, but that's not us. And, and I think if anyone's ever had that experience where you do see a loved one, um, in, in that kind of, you know, that kind of, um, state where they've passed that. You know, have that thought because that that will really show you that they're still around it's just they're not there in that physical form um so yes yeah, so that gives you a bit of an idea of kind of how i've gone that you know gone through my journey and how i've got to here i apologize i've been talking for ages but I just, it just felt like a natural flow adam so i thought just go go with it on there for you
0: no no that, that that's good and from my end like you know pretty much almost all of that was just completely new to me you know, and so from my point of view, I was sitting here listening to a story and it's 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 beautiful in its own way. I mean, like obviously you're in your own you know, your own world knowing all of this stuff. But from my point of view, you know, there's there's multi talented energy that you've got there, right? You've you've got the the skateboarding, the determination, the musicality, you know, you've got this You know this diverse skill set that comes with you, but all this pain, right? It's all this consistent pain. And those moments there, I was going, man. You know, I just wanted to reach out there, give you a hug. Like, don't worry, man. You you got this. And but you know, you've got yourself. Like, I mean, I think that's the the interesting thing is that there's that beautiful saying, really, that life never gives you more than you can handle. And and there's something you mentioned there, like that mindset of like you realized. That you are in. And I think this is the turning point. That very turning point that most people get to is when they kind of realize that they're, they are the one that is creating their experiences. That moment where they realize, wait a minute, I'm the magician here, right? I'm the one that's casting the spells, going back to computer game analogy, right? Of the, I'm casting my life all the time by what goes on here and also in the heart when i said here i was in the head pressing my head and also in the heart and you mentioned um you know life is against me right and um it's a different terminology to, i'm used to for those of the audience that don't know this i'm, I'm going through an emf course which is like a, an amazing sort of development course it's my indulgence right you know I've, I've wanted to do it for ages right but the terminology they go through there is all about levels of consciousness that i'm passionate about and the lower level of consciousness is called to me right is where we feel the thing that life is happening to me and being able to shift over to the next level which is life's happening by me is a shift right um there's a level above that which is called life's happening through me which is where we get into more spirituality and quantum mechanics and where we're using the law of balance and of attraction everything to work through us so we don't have to smash our way through life by using determination and willpower but being able to turn from the to me mindset into the by me is like that first moment where that i call it like summoning the inner beast like where we go no my life is not going to go this way and that's where i find that it's the the soul you know, you're, you're an avid listener of what i have talking about. That moment where our beating heart says, screw this, I am better than my environment. And I'm better than all of my circumstances before this point. And it's that moment we learn to control. And as you know, but again, for those that might be tuning in, maybe for the first time in this episode, episode that the body and the mind predominantly operate in an efficiency paradigm, right? The body just wants to, to keep the nutrients going, right? If we're, if we're used to secreting cortisol all the time, right? Because we're in that habit of thinking negatively. The second you start thinking positively, right? Um, your body's going, but wait a minute, we've just primed your whole body to secrete cortisol. So what will happen is your brain will start to go, no no no, they start thinking negatively again, so we've got somewhere to deliver all this cause all around the body, right Now, granted, I know it's more complicated than that, but the body likes to regulate itself. it likes efficiency. We know this, you know we know the body likes to do efficient things um, and same with the mind. the mind wants to be correct wants to be right and it's it's an analysis computer, right? It likes to analyze what's the most effective route to be correct and When we sit in those places, just the mind and just the body, right? Um, we could easily be deluded into going, well, this has happened in the past, so therefore, if we analyze it, looking at the fact that 90% of the time this has occurred, then we're just going to keep thinking in the same way, just by analyzing
1: the past all the time. And the body, obviously, will just keep us in that place where that's essentially it's just going to keep us in efficiency so where we kind of go here from that place
0: and i'm you, you're noticing here that i'm pausing because I'm, the computer is
1: doing something so i'm hoping this is still recording properly because there's a little bit of a delay here let's make sure it's well, this is live you know we're doing a live recording here but. The moment where we realize that we, essentially, are in control of our environment, that is that tipping point, and that's the moment we reconnect to our soul, and I think that's something that is like a profoundly transformative stage in absolutely anyone's life is when they realize that they've just fallen into a habit of reacting to the world
0: rather than choosing how they want to feel, going back to what you mentioned there,
1: is that how you feel is incredibly important to guiding our actions and guiding our thoughts. So how you feel, influences your thoughts but how you think also influences your your feelings and that moment where you transition over I think is a powerfully important aspect of life now i believe that This is still recording, but the internet's either gone down on Ross's end or there's been some kind of disconnect. So I'm just going to see whether Ross is going to come back. Again, I much prefer keeping it as organic as possible, but I may need to stop this recording and make sure that he can connect back in.
2: I can still hear you. Can you hear me?
0: I can. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like the... So, have you been listening to me this whole time? Yeah, and it's all... yeah,
2: yeah. It's all been it's all in my end.
0: Oh, that's fine then. It's just your face has paused and I think
1: my face has paused. So, as long as it's perfectly fine. So, I'm going to keep it in the, um, in the recording because it's, again, live. So, I think that tipping point that you mentioned here, That is one of those things that I personally believe is where everyone is able to transform their life. And
0: it isn't to do with, and like people say this all the time, like when you define who you are, right? And this is something, you know, I'm really passionate about is that when people define who they are, they often say, well, you know, I could say I'm Adam Leonard. You could say you're Ross. We then, the next thing we do is we go, well, what's our profession, right? You know, I am a coach or, you know, whatever it would be. Um, and then you go like, well, okay, that's the skill set you have. You know, who are you? Right? And you keep digging and you go into your appearance, you know, and it was quite an important thing you mentioned there to do with like, you know, shaving your hair off, right? Because to some degree, an identity can be attached to like um, an appearance. So there's something about and, and it was like a, a, discipline act from you that I sensed there. It was like mm. me having this long hair reminds me of me being in the band, perhaps. Right, and it was like you shaving that off. It was almost like a, a denial of right. Well, I can't be going towards the band now because I associate mm. that as my musical side. You know, I grew my hair to fit in with perhaps that that kind of ethos of being in a band right that kind of more wild chaotic creative way right? and you shaving that off was like no no no, that's it that part of my life is not my focus so it was like a it's almost like a disciplined act of choosing your direction um i don't know if that resonates or with that sort of part of
1: the process yeah definitely it was it was um it, it was strange it, it was almost like I felt that you—you know—I was saying before about
2: you basically get—you've got who you think you are, you've got who other people think you are, and quite often you be the person that you think other people think you are, right? And it kind of felt like I'd got to that stage where it was like, right, I'm—I'm I'm having my complete fresh start, and this is—this is. This is just one of them things to show people that I'm not just I'm not just saying I'm gonna do this. So I, I, I'm fully, fully committed to 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 doing it. And it almost felt a bit like a rebirth by doing it because it it was so it was so kind of so out there and I knew people were question it. And it almost rather than having those um you know those bits where you you knew it where I'd been off work and stuff, I knew there'd be people talking about why I'm off. And rather than, rather than, um, just leaving that all to chance in that, I, I knew that actually part of it was if I've if just shaved that off, people would go, oh, why have you shaved your hair off? And I could just tell them, well, this is because I'm on this journey. This is what I'm doing. And it just helped with that reaffirming of this is where I'm going. Tell everyone. Um, I'm, I'm very much a person, I wear my heart on my sleeve, um, with, with things as well. And I thought, you know, what? I'm, I'm sick of kind of hiding away and, and um keeping all these you know how i've been feeling and that to myself because it got me nowhere so i was was like i'm just gonna be open and honest and it you know if anything it was a conversation starter um but it just for the the main thing for me was it it just felt like it was part of that rebirth i was you know i was i was moving into what i was meant to be at that point
0: yeah i love that and i reckon there's quite a few people that will find that pretty inspirational because it's a. You know, it's a massive change in appearance and it says to the world that my physical form, you alluded to this with when you
1: looked at the, you know, dead bodies in your, you know, police career. That um I suppose the difference between a career and job. And I think now
0: I'd probably say that's your police job, right? Um but essentially the noticing the meat sack that we're in, right? We're all in these mechanical bodies of you know, organic material, and it does simply house the soul, and this is one of the things that I they looked at. I mean, it's if the body's here to maintain its state, it, it's an efficiency paradigm, right? It just wants to keep the energy flowing properly. It doesn't want to run out of energy. It wants to have its stores, all that kind of thing, and it's only the soul that makes us push our body to the extremes, right? It's, it's only like. Your body and your mind, if you were to just be sitting there listening to your body and your mind, doing your skating, like all the things you were doing, right, of trying to do all the step jumps and stuff, your mind would go deductively, there is a 97% chance that I will fall off and really severely hurt myself. You know, The, the body's going, this is using up all of my energy reserves, um, and I, I don't think it's very effective for me. Like, but what wins? You're beating passion. Right, And, and it, to me, this is how I would define the soul. And I have before in my previous episodes, it's the part of us that goes, I don't care about the risk. I do not care if I'm going to be wrong or what people think. I'm simply just going to do what my heart wants to do. I love it. And I, to me, I, the soul comes from the vibration of love. It loves doing it. So it's damn well going to do it. And the moment that anyone connects to that, that's when greatness occurs. Right? When people forget caution, you know, they forget fear of being hurt or fear of failure or fear of judgment or anything. They just do it because they damn well want to. And there's power in that. And I think, you know, you showcase that
1: in that act in itself, just not caring what people think, shifting things around. And, you know, in reflection, this is one of these things that I, like to come
0: back to and and i talk to a lot of spiritually minded people and there's an awful lot going a lot going around in the
1: spiritual field of um sort of karma of which does exist and a kind of suppose a belief that everything's completely pre-planned and that if things are going bad, that's the way it should be going, right? And that's one of the things that I've
0: always had an intuitive push against, right? Even though I'm very spiritually
1: inclined, I've often had, as I've I've uh, mentioned before on the podcast, a, a an ascended Shaolin monk, and talked to him in my spiritual development stages where I would be able to meditate and
0: you know out of nowhere there would be the guide that would just appear to me you know he's got his staff he's there in his shouting robes and i could literally hear a dialogue going on in my head as if i was talking to someone
1: like wow this is cool but you know that kind of process here of me realizing in essence that there
0: isn't this predetermined aspect. He he often told me that the thing that has been designed by a universal consciousness, by God, eternal source, you put any word you want to put on that, is very similar to the mechanics of something like Minecraft, going back to game mechanics, or
1: a 3D game that you exist in. right? And the... All of the mechanics that we put in there, you
0: know, whether it's gravity, law of attraction, you have got the mechanics of life in terms of physics, but you've got all these other mechanics that are not really known. And these are like the esoteric mechanics of, you know, virtue, the soul, vibration, frequency, quantum mechanics. And, you know, there's so much to it. And it's all been woven beautifully with
1: freedom of choice in the middle of it, right? But the one thing that I do know that is not bound but agreed upon is that we all have a soul mission.
0: Okay, believe it or not, we chose to be born into
1: our specific environment, with specific parents, with within this specific timeline, with our
0: specific body, and a and genetics that are switched on and off in certain areas to give us certain talents in certain areas and certain detriments perhaps in other areas
1: in order to learn specific things, right? And for me, this, at first I, I, I reflected on that point and kind of went, okay, right, why
0: would, we, why would a soul that's an omnipotent soul, right? It, it can do anything it wants. If it wants to, in the fifth sixth seventh dimensions whatever you know wherever it likes to reside it could switch on and be anywhere at any time be anything do anything etc and it's much like if you're playing a game and you can do anything in that game right if you're a knight in a game and you're wanting to slay a dragon right and you can just slay that dragon easily you can teleport anywhere you could kill anything do anything you know change
1: the rules of the game it becomes incredibly boring you don't learn anything there's no challenge and I know because I've been told it by my guy and I've felt it on the inside that we all choose to
0: limit our power specifically in a specific way, to learn specific things that the soul wishes to figure out. Let's just say you are on the healer's path, right? And souls do have specific traits. Uh, There is almost like a soul tribe. Okay. And there are many souls that come down as warriors and healers, and they tend to repeat certain lives that have similar themes in different dimensions. And if someone is a healer, soul, you come down to learn specific intricacies to do with when is the right time to have personal boundaries. When is someone else's need not as important as your own need? For example, in order to figure that out, you need to be put into a specific scenario. Right? When, when is overgiving overgiving? You know these kind of things, in order to play
1: those out and for your soul to learn those lessons, we are put in certain scenarios. But I do believe that there is a tipping point where the first half of our life there are many stages to life, but if you bring it into two halves, that the
0: first half of our life is about learning. From pain, and difficulties, challenges, you know, seeing, you know, training our our determination, our ability to learn, our ability to master certain skill sets, and, and pain is an amazing teacher. That's why it's been built into this 3D world that we're in, and it becomes a tipping point where that we connect more with our soul than our mind and our body and our past. Then,
1: and we start to realize it's time to contribute and give because we're connecting more into our soul and we're less
0: involved in our ego and trying to prove to the world that we are something. And we're, we're more into, I'm going to piece all this together and give that back to others.
1: And that's where I feel like we step and we grow into our soul's power and hence soul growth. And to me, you know, much of your journey sort of mirrors that process, I would say. And I know that you're kind of uh, listening to where I'm going and, and I'm not really going anywhere with this other than just being reflective. But one thing that does you know, come to mind in using the analogy of, of the, the kind of 3D computer game that we're all
0: in, like we've all watched the matrix, well, not all of us, but many of us have. And this whole context that we're in a matrix that is simply our interpretation of a vibrational frequency and that we can shift our vibrational state and we can change the reality around us. And there's that tipping point like this in the matrix where we realize that
1: we can, right? And since we've, uh, we have talked briefly before this, um, this podcast now about how both of us
0: had a situation where that in our youth we fell into the addiction of computer games and i personally was in love with the idea of being like a a holy knight or paladin or druid like healing people and healing the world right but i was basically satisfying my soul's need to do that but without the confidence in my capabilities or belief in my abilities to do that in the real world so i then did it in another world and um i'd just be curious to see you know your thoughts on that going through the journey of that
1: process yourself yeah i mean i
2: i've always felt that a lot of people get stuck in the game of life as in what what their environment is currently, that's the only that's the only rules they play by. So they think that where they are currently is is kind of the limits of the game. They can only see as far as they cur- currently can. Um, <coughs> hence, why like a lot of people generally, they will they will overestimate what they can achieve in a year, but they massively underestimate what they can achieve in three and quite often that's because they they can't can't see far ahead enough um and it, it's like a lot a lot of failure happens people give up on things because think you know that they, they try 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 to do something but it doesn't work out and they you know they might have a few few failures with it and then they give up but they don't realize that quite often that success is actually a lot closer than what they realize it, it might be just that next time might have been the one that cracked it now with computer games people are more likely to keep trying because it's it's not physically hurting them it's it's you know it to them it's not real and they can make and bend and change the rules of that game like you get the the modders and people that make extra things in games that other people can't do and stuff like that and i think some people get so caught up in the in in the life game that, or, of what their current um, situation is that they don't really realise that actually, if you if you apply what computer games are like to real life, you can actually be the player. So rather rather than being stuck and working by the limitations of where you currently are, put yourself back into the controller. Yeah, you're you're playing that game now. And actually, the the rules on how you play it, well, they're up to you. Um, it, it, for example, like you, you think before planes, etc., were invented. You know, when they first start thinking about inventing planes, everyone would have told them that's not possible. You can't do it. So they try and try, and they have lots of these failures, but they're all just stepping stones towards the success. And if if we always went by the limitations of what other people are telling us, half. Or well, more than half the things we have in the world now, like even being able to talk to each other over you know, video and see each other in different parts of the world, none of that would exist because there was a time where no one said you could do that. So I think when you change that mindset to actually, the limitations are endless, but everything around you now is something that someone has created from nothing. And it's all energy. And you know, there's infinite energy out there. As soon as you change that mindset, why would you think you couldn't achieve anything
1: in your life? Yeah. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Because it is you know, after all, using
0: again the computer game analogy of being the player and the player is the soul, right? It knows what the mission is. Because the you know, the character in a 3D computer game, it doesn't know that there's a quest list that the player can see. Doesn't know its quests. You know, it's just going there and slaying some goblins or whatever. And, you know, and obviously in a game mechanic, you know, you're not feeling the pain of getting hit. You're not feeling the pain of, I don't know, losing your items or whatever it would be in the game, right? But if we just imagine that the game that we're in now is exactly that, but the pain is something we're feeling because it's far more real, you know, obviously. And this is something that I firmly believe that human beings are purely creating the world as a almost mirror image of the knowledge that is held inside us in our genetic knowledge, in the knowledge that's in the collective consciousness. So we're creating 3D computer games that look almost like complete real films that you can be inside and with virtual headsets and all of that, because inherent in all of our um, genetic programming is the knowledge of how to create this reality. right We are all able to connect to God consciousness, and God consciousness is the thing that's created this three d reality that we're in now, this dimension that we're in, and so it has in there knowledge of how to create that, and so all we're doing is perpetuating that knowledge in a three d game right um And the ability for us to step outside, like you mentioned there going to the player and to just
1: check in what are my current missions right what's my mission what 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 am i supposed to be doing here and just acknowledging that
0: okay the pain that i have to go through in the game is just part of the process right if you are playing a game it's not going to be exciting if you can just walk up to someone press click get your reward there's no challenge to that there's no journey to that The thing that's exciting about a game is that you've got challenges, you've got difficulties, you've got desire, you've got obstacles to overcome. And that's the thing that makes it challenging. It's the thing that makes it exciting. I think when we can look at our life like that, to go, well, what is my current mission? What are the challenges? And to realize that this is my movie, right? My movie that I am... What would make my movie exciting? No one would watch a movie or play a game where that everything's perfect there's no difficulties there's no challenges you know would anyone go to that movie you know perfect life like nothing goes wrong they're just happy person sitting being happy right you know you're just not you're not going to watch that movie you're not going to play that game right so when we start to look at life as being an adventure a way for us to grow in power and strength and to develop our character develop skill sets ability to recover and learn and progress onto something else and that's when we start to realize that that's what the real adventure of
1: life's about and you know it's when people can get round to that mindset
0: i found that really tends to shift people's perspective they stop getting lost in the problems and realize that they're
1: just the consequence of growth or the consequence of you know um progression essentially and it's interesting that i i'm reflecting on the computer game scenario it's like sometimes i don't know whether you've done this i've often thought to myself why did i get lost for years and i would
0: say it's probably 20 years worth where that all the hours i was putting into online gaming right
1: which i haven't really talked about on the podcast at all was In my mind, I keep going, well, that was kind of lost time, right? I'm
0: thinking, if only I didn't do that, right? But I've done that to go through the pain of realizing the consequence of putting all of my ambitions into a game. That's what I think, a false sense of achievement is gaming, right? You're you're achieving in a game and not in real life, because in some ways easier. Computer games are designed to give you reward easier. You can get it quicker and easier, and it stimulates you, and your brain gets stimulated. And it triggers the dopamine. Oh, I want to do more of it. Right. Um, but I did that in order for me to then portray that message and help people get off it. Cause I've had quite a few friends that I've said the same thing, like, you've got so much to give. Like, why are you putting so much time into it? And they've kind of realized and cut back. And specifically, my nephew,
1: I uh, love him to bits. He's like a, almost like a carbon copy of me. Um, Like, but he's 16 years old and he was really into games, into FIFA and Minecraft and all the others that were going out. And
0: eventually, through him being very spiritually open, very empathic, he went through similar bullying and other stuff that I went through. Exactly. It's like he's he's oddly exactly the same and very spiritually open. Could see, feel staff, empathize with people, feel their emotions in such a unique way. And he got completely into games, and I've managed to connect with him and be like, look, for me, it took me a long time to wean off of that, right? Uh, I don't play any games now at all. I've cut them entirely out. And it took me years to wean off of that conditioning that was in my brain, right? It's just the synapses and the patterns of the brain that, that was keeping me addicted. I've managed to, from all that wisdom, help my nephew to escape having, you know, to do the same distraction for maybe 15, 20 years of, of his life. Um, I don't know he's gonna go on and do amazing stuff, but for me there, that was I know one of my soul's gifts is to help people that get sucked into the gaming side of things to realize it's it's a it's a distraction, right? That's one of my gifts. That I know that pain and delusion of self, lack of self awareness taught me that, right? So I can then give that. Um but you know, spirituality was almost my journey of having a spiritual side that can sense and feel energy. Do work through the trials and tribulations of being a psychic reader and a healer and feeling outcast because I was not like everyone else, and sensing things that I didn't know, and then, you know, walking the path of being a teacher and a psychologist and trying to find a way to piece together the logic. The science and the spirituality has been my journey. And that's ended up
1: becoming my primary gift within my coaching. And my perspective is that all of our trials and tribulations all serve to give us a gift that we're giving to the world. And, you know, when, when looking at your journey, you know you've got you've got wonderful gifts to give but what would you say have been the trials and tribulations that have taught you your greatest gift over the years
2: i would say i i i genuinely believe my main gift would be that i almost feel like i'm a key and and that's a key where i can when i connect with someone especially when it when it's like a, a client and we're you know you have that relationship where you can talk to someone about things that you, you would maybe never talk to anyone else in the world about and it's that real honest conversation and i've i've been finding more and more over the kind of over the last five years i'd say since i've been on this journey is I'm, i i've got like a key to make people realize that they can achieve far more than they ever thought they could it's like I unlock their mind, and they—they've been living with all these boundaries, and all of a sudden they have that moment of suddenly all the rules of the game are gone. They're gone, and they're totally in charge of their life, and they can achieve whatever they want to. And when I see when I see people have that moment, that for me, I mean the energy and the feeling I get from that, it—it it, it makes everything worthwhile every trial and tribulation i've had to this point every time i have that with with someone it's just you know i, I feel like i get to give that back and, and that energy you give them the the ripple effect that has around the world you know that you, you you've you unlocked that them, and then they go on and things they say and do to other people you you literally make the world a better place
0: yeah it's beautifully said beautifully said that ability to help someone unlock their full potential which is a massively
1: mutual passion of both of ours that's why we both chose to become coaches and your specific niche and area of working is i know it's uh, within the coaching world this is
0: this is something that is a an area that requires quite a lot of deep reflection, a lot of soul searching, because
1: coaches are called to help. right? I would arguably say that both of us have a healing soul.
0: Right? You've, uh, I, al- I also wanted to go and join the police because I wanted to contribute, protect, help people. That was when I was living in Wales, but uh, I was trunced by someone that um, knew a lot more Welsh than I did. Um, but I tend to find that healer souls tend to gravitate to certain situations. You know, um, and even in our case,
1: I've been in a, a situation where that I was in a divorce scenario and then chose a path
0: towards computer games, I think even we played similar classes in those games as well, similar passions, and then drawn down the line of wanting to understand people and both of us having that sort of natural tendency on an intuitive level to listen attentively to the inner world of another and be able to focus our minds to help that person to understand that they've got an amazing amount of power just inside them if they just know how to unlock it. And so that ability to see the beauty in others and their full potential and to help them unlock it is, is, a, is a wonderful gift that I think many healer souls have. And that can form into many different specialties. Obviously, mind down the fulfill your growth and unlock your spiritual potential, find soul purpose and um, along that line those lines. And we both do a similar concept, like most wonderful coaches do, of helping people unlock their potential. But all of your specific skill sets are deeply honed towards helping in that recovery process to those that, you know, recovering from divorce, because you've got such a deep awareness. And in that level, it's a much more profoundly deep awareness in the way that you grew up within that environment as well.
1: And It's, you know, there must be many people out there that can reflect on this and go like, you know, what have been my trials
0: and tribulations? Maybe I can hone that into a a healing sword or
1: healing salve to help someone. And this is where I kind of really wanted to emphasize that the ability that you have here to help
0: someone at rock bottom, it's, 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 a, it's a place that I would say that divorce is a place that so many people can relate to, of losing your identity. So many people lose themselves in relationships. And the pain of having to rebuild yourself from that is something you have such a deep awareness of. And I think it can be so profoundly powerful to have someone like yourself there who's been there, understands what it's like to be in that place with an amazing gift to have the key to unlocking your full potential. I mean, that that in itself is profound. So,
1: um, yeah, I just, I just really wanted to reflect on my perspective, I suppose, on your gift. And is there anything that you would say to anyone that's Going through it doesn't have to be a divorce; just maybe a
0: breakup, even a relationship breakdown, whether that's divorce or not. You know, is there anything that you would say to people that perhaps might even be listening to this podcast? Any bit of a
1: bit of advice that you would that comes to mind?
2: Yeah, it, it it would be that no no matter how bad you feel things have got, no matter how much you feel you've lost yourself, there's always a way back. There's always a way back, and at the at the moment, you probably can't see it, and then, you know it's probably all foggy, and you you feel like you're the only one who's who's going through those exact set of circumstances, and and you probably are the only one going through those exact circumstances, but it can all change, it can all change in in the drop of a hat, effectively, and it all starts with your mindset. If, if you work on your mindset, focus on yourself you've spent so long being in that kind of couple situation where your identity becomes really blurred and as soon as you start focusing back on yourself healing yourself really truly learning to love yourself again you will start on that path and you can become far more than you ever ever dream is possible do not underestimate the power of yourself
1: yep amazing amazing and that that's that's almost like a
0: conclusive drop the mic statement, that one. You know, brilliant, brilliant. And that's really the essence of why I wanted to invite you on to this podcast is because to me you have that beating soul of someone that's just here to give. And I remember the the first time that we ever we connected on our training platform, right? Both training at a similar time to each other. And we had a situation where that we were both kind of um, coaching or talking to um, a fellow coll- colleague of ours. And the one thing that struck me was this, you know, amazing positivity that, that sort of shone from Ross. And it was this, you know, there's always a smile
1: and there's always that optimistic energy. And I thought that was just beautiful. And this is where I personally feel, There is such a thing as energy that most people aren't used to feeling. Right? That there's an energy to optimism. And it's it's not just thinking positive things, it's feeling it. And feeling
0: it is something that again comes from the inside, it comes from our soul, it comes from our spiritual essence of who we are. And when we're doing something we love, right, when we're oozing with natural energy, when someone's genuinely listening to you, because they they genuinely care. They want to help. They've got natural, positive energy. Positive energy in itself rubs off on everyone. You've got someone that's just jolly and happy. You, It, it spreads off like a positive virus, like an emotional positive virus to everyone. It's, it's just, it's beautiful. You get that one person that's in a, it's in a sulk. You can tell, you can feel it in the room. You can feel it rub off on people. And that's one thing that I would say you've got, Ross, is this you know wonderful optimistic energy that just because you're so positive in your way of thinking so aligned to that it naturally makes it oozes through the screen it oozes because even though we're
1: you know quite often we'll be doing our coaching sessions over a zoom call for example but the energy doesn't
0: know any boundaries and no physical boundaries i know this because I would talk to people on the phones and I'd be able to connect with things around them. I'd be able to pick up things around them. You know, uh, It's well known that a particle, if it was separated and put in different areas of the world, one thing that happens to that particle is also affecting the particle that's completely distant to it. There's no such thing as time and space when it comes to energy. So energy projected towards someone on a screen flows to them. Thinking of someone. And simply feeling positivity and falling energy, it has an effect. Maybe science doesn't back that up completely, but in fact, it's catching up. Read quite a lot of articles about that. But that's one thing that you have, which is amazing, is your ability to throw wonderful energy out because it's so natural. And it's just one of those things that I wanted to weave into our conversation with each other, which is about the effect of energy in itself. And the amazing effect that that can have on people sometimes it's not
1: only the thoughts that go through your head. It's the energy that pulses and comes from the inside.
0: That's your, your passions, your desires. When you can get your head out of the way right, and allow those passions to fill you, they will soar you forwards through anything. And it's actually the art of switching the mind off, in most cases, allowing your, the wisdom of your soul, of your heart, your feelings to lead the way. And I don't know if this relates to you, Ross, but I know when I'm in a coaching session with someone, I'm listening, I'm not actually thinking very much. I, I think most people would have a perception of a coach as that, They've got a list on a computer. They've got certain questions they need to ask in maybe a certain order. They've got a strategy. They've got a focus. None of that's going through my mind at all. I'm there,
1: 100% present, feeling. I'm feeling their energy, listening to them, empathizing with them,
0: understanding them in the deepest way. And there's a certain amount of raw intelligence. It's almost like that when you're fully open, being present, there's wisdom that comes from the soul. It just flows through you and you feel someone, understand someone. you just know how to help. It just comes through from the energy of the passion of your soul. The wisdom of your soul is what I would call it. And I just wanted to off talking about that just again, your impression or your perspective on what I've just said there.
2: Yeah, hundred percent i'm on I'm on the same lines. I, I funny enough, I, I was literally thinking just before you'd even said this this little section um there's been a few times even just during this call where i've connected to your energy and you know and i've had goosebumps that because i can just feel we w- we've been so in a line it's almost like our we we know you know what where we're going and and it, it's so raw and it, it you know when you really tune into that energy but that, that is really important and when that's where some some coaches go wrong you know just touching on what you, you were saying there is that they're so focused on what they're going to ask they're not listening the most important thing is is listening listen to people and when you're listening and and certainly that's with zoom calls as well you can you can see them and just tune in so when we talk about connection we're not on about just you know i'm listening but actually i'm typing away doing something else really really listen you know the tonalities there can be such little hints there and and you know look at their eyes get a feel for them read their body language um and if you do it well enough like even like even just during this call then you will feel the energy you know that's out in the universe um so yeah i I, today's been amazing for for me i mean just just um speaking to you and connecting with your energy adam it's you know it's been amazing i feel truly blessed to have spent this time with you
0: uh, literally, same from my end, you
1: know, it's. And this is the thing that one of my passions is that when people just get their head out of the way and the head has been conditioned by society, media,
0: school, whatever you, and you throw all of those things out there and you just become what you feel and you're humble, you're honest with yourself and others.
1: When you connect with someone that's got a similar energy everything flows I and mean, everything flows naturally
0: and one of my big passions is to have a wonderful community
1: of people that are heart centered spiritually focused and you know you're you are very much a spiritually
0: aligned man i know we've talked before where that you've had many experiences in your past where you've sensed entity-sensed energy and you are very much a natural
1: intuitive um, empathic coach and that's one of those things that is an exceptionally beautiful skill
0: set and i've always felt since the very beginning that if someone genuinely cares for another person and they're listening and their intention is set on i want to listen understand and help this person
1: It will happen if it's genuine attention is laser focused help will occur that's just to me love
0: is understanding and wanting to help someone to grow and if you can apply those principles energetically emotionally you can help absolutely anyone because that person in front of you has been drawn to you specifically because you have exactly what they need and this is a little bit of a shout out to anyone else who might be an aspiring coach, healer, helper, counselor, whatever skill set you have, if you have any desire to help someone, if you can walk away from anything from this conversation, know that if you have enough love in your heart to want to help someone and enough attentive attention
1: to understand them, they will have profound changes in healing from the interaction with you. I kind of feel like that. It's kind of a beautiful stage for us to um, kind of round
0: out our conversation. Even though this is going to be a probably one of my longest uh, podcasts, because I knew it would likely be, because the way we connect and the way we chat, it's uh, it's going to want to keep going, and no doubt I'm going to want to do another episode with you, have a catch up see where we're at, see how our businesses have evolved and
1: I know that at some point we're going, to be, we're going to be collaborating on something I can just get that feeling and I just want to leave those listening to have a bit of an understanding of how they can best get through to you they're going through a breakup
0: They've, they don't know who they are anymore they feel lost and they're inspired by your journey, which is an inspirational journey of how you've picked yourself up and got yourself moving and the wonderful energy that you have. If they want to get hold of you, they want to get in contact, how would they best go and do that?
2: So I'm on all your usual social media platforms, so Instagram, Facebook, and it's literally just my name, Ross Rolf. So that's R-O-L-P-H um or alternatively i have a website so www.rossroffe.com um don't don't be shy of sending me a message if you message me i will always re- reply back to you um no matter what stage you're in if if you reach out i will always reach reach back and get in contact and connect with you
1: amazing amazing right ross seems i'm going to have to conclude this at some stage so um as
0: beautifully said you know how to get then the audience know how to get hold of you. And until next time, Ross, we will conclude our wonderful interview with each other. It has been an amazing privilege to
1: spend this time talking, connecting. I know it would be, but it's actually been better than I thought. So um, absolute pleasure. Right. Time to end. So thank you very much for those of you that have um, listened in. And uh, I'll look forward to more wonderful episodes coming up. And for those of you listening, please send all of your love and gratitude and thanks to the wonderful Ross for spending time with us on this episode. I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening. But please remember the content of this podcast is here for inspiration and education and does not qualify as professional advice. If you have any questions, please visit www.soulgrowthadventures.com. That said, I hope you have enjoyed our journey together. And to conclude, let's set an intention to love, respect, And empower ourselves and those around us. Adam Leonard, signing off.